Hello and welcome back to episode two. Um, my guest is still Uncle Charles Passy, who has his own podcast now called The Message with Uncle Charles Passy, and he's going to unpack a lot of stuff. And before we do, I'd like to pay respects to the traditional um, custodians of this land, in particular the Turrbal and Yagra people, that we're in the studio, it's on this land, that these people have walked for thousands and thousands of years. Um, Uncle Charles, welcome back. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. And um, I'd, I'd love you to pick up and unpack further a little bit of what we ended the last and our first podcast around the philosophy of the mat. The philosophy of the island mat. Now, the, the island mat was a big part of the home, touch on the home. Um, the way I grew up, um, you know, you'd see mats in the, in, in the house, you know, mum would have mats, you know, all over the place. But when it came time to, when we had guests come over and if we have to sit down outside, um, then all the mats would come out. We'd place all the mats, you know, um, the big big mats, the nice new mats, all the family would come and you'd welcome everybody. Um, then we'd all sit together, we'd eat together on the mat. There was rules on the mat and as, as a child. Um, uh, you couldn't play on the mat, you know, because you kicked dirt on the mat and, mm -hmm. you know, hey, if you want to play, get off the mat, go and play down the beach or wherever, you know. But when you're on the mat, sit quiet because there's elders sitting on the mat. Um so have, have respect while you're on the mat. And so we understood that. So when we sit on the mat, then we'd be listening to the older people that tell stories, um, especially the elders, you know. Then it's time we can ask questions. Um, but it's a time where most of the time as, 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 as young people, you know, you're expected to just sit there and listen. Um, so the discussions that happened, um, you got women in their own spaces talking about family matters, you know, home issues and things like that. Then you get the men talking about all the whatever, you know, events coming up, whatever, even politics of the day. Like what, what, what are we going to do as a people? How do we look after each other? Um, the mat was also a place where disputes, disputes uh, were handled. We had cultural ways of handling disputes so you don't upset each other. Because at the end of the day, in the community on an island, you're related to each other from this beach to the other, other beach. Mm. And because it's such a small community, you know, the worst thing you could do is cause rifts that lasted a long time. You're in a small island community. You need to heal it before the sun goes down. So we had ways of doing it culturally, respectfully. And in the way of sitting on the mat together, all all the issues then can be placed on the mat, then we can all deal with it together as a people, but respectfully. Um, so the mat for me is something that we can we can offer for all of us to move forward. How do we now come together as a people? Because when you sit on the mat, you now become part of part of the family, the con that 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 community that we're sitting together. You know, you don't come in saying that, okay, um, I've got this title in my business, 
So I'm come here and I'm being respect. You need to respect me as my title from my business on the mat. Or I've got a title from my religion on this mat. Or I've got a title from whatever to come on this mat. I'm in the winning football team. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I'm the coach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when we come onto the mat then, because mm. this mat button might be saying, oh, it's it's from this family. So the family's, you know, you come in and it's from, a, from the Mariela. Okay, if it's a Mariela and Matt, now we come, we come sit down under the, under the, the, the Miriam way of doing things. We, we, we come part of Malo's laws. Malo's laws talk about our connection to country, our connection and our responsibility to, to keep peace and, be, and to walk on the land with incredible caution, with incredible respect, how we deal with... Um, parts of the environment with incredible respect, things like that. So under that, under those guidelines then, we can sit on the mat with incredible respect for each other. That way then, it's not your title that will fix things, it's our respect for each other that will fix things. Mm. And I think that's what, what, what I'd like to see this, this, this country look at. How do we sit together as one nation that we fix this country together and heal it. So even um, what I've learned over the years about um, our mainland First Nations people is that they've they don't necessarily had the mat. This is a very Torres Strait Islander sort of cultural experience, but they had the circle, didn't they? They sit. They would sit in circle. Was that something that was? That's, well, I mean, everybody's got their own way of doing that. Yes, yes. You know, but. But the philosophy, that's what I'm saying, is a philosophy. Mm. Uh, that's, that's a philosophy that's used in the Torres Strait region. Mm. Um, but the philosophy meaning that everything's done respectfully. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here to force our way. We're here to become a part of the, the bigger picture. And that bigger picture is written down in, in, in the dreaming. It's the makeup, how this country was made. You know, it, it's in that dreaming is our purpose within that that country. So if you come from somewhere else, come come onto that into that country, then we're going to now help you become a part of looking after the country within the dreaming of this space. You know, so that's that that to me is important. You know, when when everybody's truly welcomed properly, it means that you'll you'll become part of the the protocols of that particular space. And when you live in a particular area, if you live along the river, then there's particular bends within that river that had cultural purpose going back a long time ago. If we're welcomed to that space properly and if we're open to it, then we're given the tools on how to live and respect that bend in the river, you know, in knowing and understanding it that way. And I or, think it's, or this mountain, mm. this valley, these particular areas, mm. and, and a lot of them too had had um, culturally specifically for women only, mm. you know. And but today's world, because we don't respect that, we've got houses, we've got business, allowing men to walk through that that area that was traditionally there for just for women alone. Now spiritually, you're upsetting that that deep spirit. We're not in line with with the dreaming, and those ceremonial spaces, like you said, there were men's 
men's only spaces, women only spaces, and there were also um, sort of the rites of passage for younger women to, you know, move into sort of, I suppose, birth and through puberty. And there was also um, the, the initiation of the boys to men. Yeah, the, the, there's all those those mm. different things, you know. Like, um, but the the people of that region, this is where the, the traditional custodians now, yeah, are so important because they understand that history of that place. And why do we say traditional custodians rather than traditional owners? We never owned this country, never did. That's right. So, and a lot if you're truly being indigenous, mm. you can't say ownership because that's a white man talk. Mm. We don't own it. That, that that country actually owns us. Because we are part of, we're born from it. Our role and our responsibility is to care for it and look after it. If the land gets damaged, what we should be doing is harming ourselves because we we weren't up to it to look after it. Mm, that's powerful. Because we if we if we if we say we own it, then we can exploit it. <laughs> Sounds like the West. Well, see, that's 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 why we've got to take this that language out of our tongue. Yes. Because when we keep saying that. Our job as a custodian, meaning is that we're there to look after it because it doesn't belong to us. Mm. We've got to make sure that it's right and it, it's, it's vibing, that, that harmony is vibing for the future. That's, that's our job is to protect it. That's so, how they survived for thousands and thousands of years. So when um, the Mabo decision was made, Around native title, and now you must reflect. No, it wasn't around native title. I think everybody needs to understand that native title came in afterwards. Oh. It never was a part of the Mabo. The plaintiffs didn't fight for native title. I'll put it this way: native title for me is like parks and wildlife. It's set aside for the use of the animals, and the government will protect it because it's still Australian, Australian you know, land. Mm. It's just set aside for the use of the plants and animals. That's parks and wildlife. <laughs> same flora and for fauna. Native, flora and fauna. Yeah. Native title is the same. It's still Australian country, mm. but it's just earmarked aside for, for the use of the natives. That's what native title is to me. And I don't like it. Which Even wasn't the intention with the first group to see that come as that? Like has it, has it helped the communities or has it divided them? Well, we're stuck in native title. We think native title is us now and it makes us somebody. No. No, I, I can't stand it. I think it's dividing us. We're hanging on, we're, I'll put it this way. It's like what native title does, it gives us the right to go into the playground. We're not in the decision making. We're not around the table within the lounge room where all the major decisions are made. We're fighting in the playground, fighting against each other about who's got more marbles in their pocket and all we're doing is just scumping each other. That's the game of native title. We're fighting each other. Mm. And we're stuck there. We, For me personally, what I'd like to do is to pack all the native title into a into a cart, another destructive way and the painful way we will set it alight and send it back to Canberra and say thank you but no thank you. But what I'd like to do is say, look, you know, just move it back and say, look, we've tried it. It's not working for us. You know, what we want to do is go back to our cultural law. And our cultural law is, is goes deep into our custodianship. 
Because now when you walk on our country, this is, these are the laws of the country. It's not about native title. It's, it's about respecting yourself as, okay, I'm a Miriam. And because of the Miriam, I have to follow Mala's laws. You know? And it's not just only about Malo Tagmokimoki, Teter Mokimoki. What that law says is Malo does not place his hands on somebody else's property. Malo doesn't even pay his feet walk through somebody else's property. Malo doesn't say thou shalt not. Malo says Malo, God doesn't do it. It's up to you now to follow in, the, in, in God's example. Now that's that's such a a beautiful law in that help, in that way that it teaches us to be humble, you know, and become part of protection of the, of that space, not the part of the ownership of it. Thou shalt not. We're not there to to chastise people, you know. When you do that, then you think you're above the land, you're above the environment. You know, that's not us. So if we go back to that and that understanding, then we become a part of it. When we become a part of it, then we protect it. We protect the land. And in protecting the land, we can't be bringing our nastiness. We can't be fighting each other on country. When you do that, you put an evil spirit on that land. So that's where, for me, the introduction of the of um, the philosophy of the Ottoman says we handle disputes in peace. Because if we if we argue on this country, we make the country feel it. And when that happens, when that happens, you could you you could poison your fruit. Then our children eat that fruit. We've got to plant trees that that are vibing, and those trees need to be watered with our hope, with our, with our devotion, and with unconditional love. For me, that's, that's, that's the core of the dreaming. That's the core of our song lines, our relationships between one another. In Torres Strait, we call it tebud. It's the relationships between, between islands. And in that, in that relationship, in that tebud, comes a lifelong commitment to each other that lasts generations. And when that happens, every island, every community, every families can walk in peace with one another. Then you can walk down the street somewhere and you recognize somebody, hey, my bala. Then you come and you hug because you recognize one another. Today, we can ignore each other. And that's it. Mm. So for us to lead the country forward, it's not about the blame game. We've got to fix up our backyard. We've got to, we be, if we start becoming respectful, then we can teach others how to walk with us because we're showing them the way and how to be respectful. And when we are respectful, we can sit on the mat together. Then when we sit on the mat together, then we can sign a treaty in peace. Then our voice gets heard because the voice is heard through our actions, not not our voices of accountability. When that happens, when that happens, all we do is build, build resentment. And we, this country can't afford to be living in resentment. We can't afford people to be walking around on eggshells. That to me, that to me is, oh, I don't know what the right word is. It narcissism, narcissism? I don't know, but like you, you, we could put it in that category. We can't be holding people to account. 
and now it's a, it's it's a, it's a likely thing to, to sort of try and work ahead. Like, you know, truth-telling, things like that. You can't have that, for me personally, you can't have that without the ability to forgive. If you can't forgive, then all you're doing is opening more wounds. You're deepening wounds. So unpack truth-telling. Like, we hear that. People say that a lot of truth-telling still needs to occur, which it does. But without getting stuck in it, you're right. How does truth-telling help us to move forward rather than agitating us to keep going back over old ground and being stuck in that mud, you know, back in the quagmire? Well, well, well like I was saying, in, I think in the last um, episode, the last time we spoke, Greg, is yes. that because um, I know you were trying to do the right thing by looking at, at, at the atrocities that, that happened in the past. I mean, it's fine. But if I want to move ahead and you're stuck there, mm. then that, you know, and if I keep forcing you to talk about the truth of the past, we're stuck in the pain of the past. Mm. For me, the way ahead is that we've got to plant trees of hope and we've got to water that our job today because our children, not only our children, but the children's children need to eat from that tree of hope. They will be eating that, that, the, the, the fruit from that tree. If we keep talking about poisoning and we're watering the, the, all those trees with poison, intergenerational trauma continues. And our job today is to draw a line in the sand and stop it from passing on. Our job today as a leadership of this, these people now is to make sure that the, our members of the stolen generation that are still surviving, they do not go to their death deathbed with pain in their heart. Mm. We've got to help them let go of it. That is our job today. And each time we turn around and remind them of the pain, we're helping them go to their, mm. to their deathbed in pain. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. Now, for us to move into that space takes courage and innovation. That courage is being able to put our pain down and to walk ahead as a family. Now, we come from that. We come from that culture of deep culture and spirituality, and that deep culture and spirituality lives on unconditional love, you know. So we got to bring that love forward. How does that love come out from us? Is that unconditional love for humanity across all those divides? Is that unconditional love for, um, you know, the, the, the earth, the planet itself and all the living beings? Everything. Yeah. It, it's everything. To the point where if something goes wrong, just say, you know, you're responsible for this particular part of the country. Yep. And if something happens in that country, for example, a water hole, and if the water starts to dry up because there's something, for, you know, for example, that um, we didn't keep the plants alive to keep that, that environment alive because now we wanted to put a, um, clear that land and put a, a building on it. And in doing so, it's affected that waterhole. Then we got to hold ourselves to account, you know. Now, so oh, 
that love is for everybody. So when when we then do bring people, when you truly welcome someone to country, then you're welcoming them into the space of we're going to show you now the love of how we do to look after this particular area. So in this place here, now to look after that waterhole, this is what we need to do. We need to visit all the time. We need to, you know, pay our respects to the spirit of that particular region. We've got to make sure that the plants are vibing in, the, in this area and blah, 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 blah. That's where the burning comes in. That's where, you know, people's occupation and how we, you don't, you don't exploit it, you don't, you know, that's all part of the, the cultural makeup. So then you share that. And when you share that to people that that, 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 that are coming on board, then everybody knows how to look after it. Today, we don't do that. Do you, do you think, um, and not that I want to go deep down this rabbit hole right in this particular episode, but do you think by the process that a group of people have gone through to arrive at this point where the government's pulling this referendum to make people decide on a yes or no, is it creating more divide firstly amongst First Nation people and is it also causing confusion for a lot of migrants and, you know, people here already that are uh, living on this land, they don't, they don't know, like you said, but walking on eggshells, they don't know what is the right way because they feel that it's become a political game ship. You know, you've actually set up sides. So the whole idea of voting one way or the other is creating um, disharmony, you know, and is there a better way for us to move this forward? I mean, is it going to divide us? Is this movement, whether it's yes or whether it's no, and, you know, you and I have talked about holding a neutral space on this, but but looking at what we're hearing in the broader community is this sort of, um, you know, they're losing sight of the unconditional love. They're, they're sort of saying, oh, well, if you vote this way, that's you're supporting that group of people, which may not actually be the reason you'd be thinking that way. And with the other way, well, it's just I can see that it's been going on for 20 years and this is all wrapped up with the Uluru Statement of Heart and this whole recognition thing's been going on for quite a while. And, um, you know, to a degree I, I feel we've got to address these for our audience, you know, over the next few podcasts, unpack it with always in mind what you're talking about with unconditional love, that we may be put in this position to think that this is the, the you know, it's going one way or the other is going to make a, a difference. But we've had a lot of opportunities over the years to have things that are going to change something. And even when you look back. Well, the thing for me, Greg, is that, that we're fumbling as we're going. Mm. And the thing for me is that a lot of this stuff is the cart before the horse. What we need to do is to go back to the drawing board. We've got to set a line, a plan. For example, there's things that are unfinished business. Like, like I said in, in, the, in, in, in the last one, I'm going to point it towards the apology. That to me is one such thing. When the apology happened, it took the bravery of this country represented by Kevin Rudder, the other prime minister at that time, is this country stood still. That an incredible, brave act 
to apologize takes deep guts. You know? We as 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 Aboriginal Torres Strait in Australia that, you know, stood in a, what's the name now? We didn't do the right thing in terms, well, we haven't done it. And what is that? And is that response. Because when you apologise, what you're for, for, what you're actually asking for is forgiveness. Mm. So there now, was no sort of reply. Well, to, to complete the deal yes. and to make the apology move for us together as a, as a nation to mm. bury the pain of the past, we have to complete it by... But that's by still, that's still festering, isn't it? That's the problem. Well, it hasn't been done. Yeah. And what I tried to say to the Healing Foundation at that time is that we can't let it go past 10 years without leading. And that, for me, was the job of the Healing Foundation. How do we now lead Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Australia to a point that we can respond? We can't let it past 10 years. Now, that 10 years is already gone, 2018. Because when you go past 10 years, now people will start to say, oh, they're not going to do it. Why did we apologise? So was it trying to get a group of people within the Healing Foundation at a board level to come to some consensus, to an well, agreement? Well, if you were it's setting a direction, you know, and the and for me, the Healing Foundation at that time, like, um, it was such a such a powerful organization in the sense that that um, um, it, it 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 could lead the way for Parliament, you know. It's like, okay, now if we did that, we're making the Indigenous voice lead the way to say, okay, thank you for the apology. We are now going to show you how to heal the country. But we haven't done that. Mm, and, and, and when but, 10 years go by, like I was saying, this mm, is the dangerous part. Yep. When 10 years go by and nothing happens, then the people that apologise are saying, oh, why did I apologise? Mm. These people are still angry. Well, that's right. They are still angry. And a response, now this is where resentment can come mm. in. Well, stuff is then. I'm going to pick up this hatchet again and it will be very hard for me to put it down. Don't expect me to apologise again. So that's what I mean by we've got to go back to the drawing board and start fix up these things. Otherwise, when we're asking for this country then to respond with a yes vote, people up front will say, oh, well, because we're bound by reconciliation to smile. But when we go back home, we're living with the pain that you don't think we're good enough to, to, for your forgiveness. It hasn't been released. It hasn't dissolved. And at that time... Probably one of the, the, the most, like, you know, world-renowned experts of forgiveness, Nelson Mandela, had just passed away. Now, we needed to learn from that. We needed to capitalise on that, on that, that motion, to make this country move to a point where we can forgive. And when forgiveness happens, then we're all welcome on that mat that we can plan into the future. we all welcome on that mat as one people to say, okay, where to from here? Let's look at all of, our, all of our children. There's so many issues that are unresolved, like you were saying, from all those reports where there's deaths in custody, all of our children being still, you know, um, child safety, suicide at the moment, things like that. Ow, ow. The horrific statistics, aren't they? They are horrific. horrific. And, and, and that's the thing. You look back at all these organisations like 
national reconciliation or the state-based, closing the gap, all of these institutions, I'll call them, or bodies, are failing on their markers. You know, reconciliation as a great idea, but it's, it's stuck in that mud too. It just keeps circulating uh, and it's educating people, yes, about the wrongs of the past, but it's not putting solutions forward. You know, and I, I know there's a great push at the moment from the Reconciliation Network saying that the voice is the only answer. And that might be true. Of course we want a voice for First Nations people in this country, you know. We want a voice in terms of their ability to change look, look, some of these things, like you're saying, deaths in custody and children still being removed. And See, see, see the thing for me, though, though, Greg, is that, like, it's hard to... When you talk about reconciliation, it means that reconciling, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it sort of means that you're going back to a point that you were in peace, you know? So it's reconciling. So we're looking at our differences. It's like repairing a broken friendship that never existed in the beginning. Well, exactly. Mm. So what point? Because we don't have a point of where we're reconciling to, it's like, well, what are we doing? Which is really about the whole coming together, isn't it? It's well, so so for me, recon- reconciliation is is just trying to cover mistakes. Mm. No, no, we, we've got to stop that. Yeah, and that's when for me the philosophy of the element comes in. That's when we can sit and okay, let's look at our history. Everybody sit down together. Okay, well, I'm sitting here with this department agency. You know, okay, how do how do we? Um, put everything on the map, and I'm from this agency, I'm from here, I represent these people, blah, 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 blah. How do we put it all on the map together and we share the way forward, you know, in peace, under the philosophy of of the courage to be able to, to, to move forward as one people? Now, I can see, I can see that idea um, regardless of the truth being told that these ideas are helpful in healing and moving forward. There's a Western ideology that always comes in the back of my mind. It's like, well, we still need to be digging up the dirt and pulling out, you know, steel because we use build houses for that and we build this. So therefore we need to be mining the land um, because we need jobs and Australia kicks above its weight now because it exports so much coal to China. You know, and you have this Western economic um, agendas that try to reduce the ideas of what you're suggesting of how to bring people together and listen to the advice or the divine wisdom of, of Torres Strait Islander people or mainlander people. There's this resolution that the West has set a course for itself, which is all based around money, which wasn't a concept and a construct for First Nations people or um, Torres Strait Islander people until the West introduced that. And that, 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 I feel, is part of the conflict that occurs. But, I mean, we'll unpack that in, in the next group of podcasts where we look at, you know, who are behind the referendum you know, who are the people that have been trying to develop a plan over 20 years and why? 
Um, and, and is it the right choice? You know, are they taking us to a path of making it more complex when your solutions that you're offering up of the philosophy of the mat offer solutions where respect and responsibility and trust have to be built and shared on that mat. Is that right? You know, whereas the Western contract is people are always looking to get something without giving back. You know, there, there's not that loop. I, I mean, I just heard on the radio today an interesting point that the wealthiest people in Australia over the last 10 years have taken all the wealth and the people down at the bottom have been losing money. So, again, that's a money statistic, not a planetary sort of helping the environment or helping people come together around mutual respect. So this is why when it gets complex, these topics, and I, I, I love the fact that we can have these conversations and really make people think deeply about potential solutions that aren't offered. Well, Greg, for me, um, this is where we get lost and it's, it's hard to move forward. And like I was saying before, that if we keep looking at the fruit of the tree of poison, which means our history, and and I've I've heard you you keep looking back, mm. you know that this and this and this and this. I know we need to leave, learn from the past to move forward, but if we keep looking towards the past, it's very hard to move forward. So we learned from the mistakes of the past. Okay, that's what happened there. And one thing we did did do wrong back then is that we didn't understand each other. We brought two different worldviews together and mm. one overpowered the other. Okay, if we spend time now moving forward punishing this one for taking away our power, then we're stuck. Mm. But if we turn around and say, okay, we're going to make sure we draw a line in the sand and we move from there that the power sit together and we move as one people. That to me is where the courage and innovation comes in. We've got to stop looking at the past, you know, because then, like I was trying to talk about earlier, is people walking on eggshells. For you personally, Greg, I don't want you to walk on eggshells anymore because mm. if you do that, then I want to move forward. You keep feeling guilty to walk with me. Mm. Then, then that's not true reconciliation. We can't walk forward together. Mm. So that's where that philosophy of the mat comes in now. Because when we sit on the mat, all your pain you leave it off the mat because you can't bring it onto the mat. The mat, you know, and not only your pain, your pride, your self-worth, or that, you know, where it separates you from each other, leave, leave that off the mat. Become sit on as a people together because the people of this mat, they're here with their particular law to talk about the prediction of this space. So our job now is to come and listen and to become a part of the way forward. That, to me, is the secret of, of, of how we're going to get this country out of the hole of the sin, is how do we make everyone feel comfortable? Because every, every time I've, um, the platform that I've, I've, I've been given the opportunity to speak on, um, people come and thank me afterwards because I keep saying to them, we shouldn't be walking on eggshells anymore. Mm, I and, agree. And for me, what reconciliation sort of expects us to do is 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 political? What do you call it? Um, um, what's that thing? 
um, got to make sure we say the right thing, you know. Oh, political correctness. Political correctness. <laughs> the that's PC, the thing. yeah. yeah. So this it, day and age. Wow. So, so we're stuck. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about um, white Australia saying that, oh, we need to. So we spend so much time to make sure we tick the boxes of, oh, we got to do the, you know, we got acknowledgements right and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. We got to tick all these boxes. And while we're ticking on these boxes, we're not concerned about the matter and the way to move forward. We're going to make sure that we don't upset. upset. Mm. So then when I come, then when we sit at the mat, we sit at the mat with fear in our heart. Mm. And when you got fear in your heart, that's the poison that stops love. And what we're talking about is, is we're sharing the love together mm. as one people. We've got to leave our fears behind. That's where courage comes in. That's beautiful. I think that's a good place to yeah. end episode two. And um, I so much look forward to having more of these discussions and also for you to bring in other people into your podcast and you've certainly helped me set mine back on fire <laughs> to explore stuff. And always yeah. in our mind is is the complexities of the area we're moving in because a lot of people like myself get stuck in where we've been, trying to trying to navigate this space without upsetting anyone. But at the same time, it's so emotive and we've got to be careful not to get caught up in that emotion about these people involved or those people involved because Ultimately, those people won't be around in five or ten years in their spaces that they're holding, you know. It's like Kevin Rudd. He was courageous to come forward and take it and take, you know, the people around him with so much criticism. As you said, John Howard didn't want to do it as a leader. Kevin Rudd did it, but then he almost got persecuted for it later in his career, you know, and yet he's such a brave person to get up and apologise for the right, wrongs of the past to move it forward. To and, move it forward. But, and, we, but yeah. we haven't matched that no. courage by standing up as a people Yes, and do something that's even much more greater courage than apologising is the ability to forgive. Yeah, here, here. Forgiveness, this is Mandela's words, forgiveness liberates the soul. And at the moment, the soul of the country is being torn by this pain of the past. Here, here. Look, let's let's end it there. I think that's beautiful. Repeat that again. The soul. Oh, what did was, you say? What did he say? The, the forgiveness Mandela? liberates the soul, and the soul of this country is being torn apart by the pain of the past. Oh, beautiful. I mean, it is so true. That is so true. That's the depth of it. Thanks, oh, Uncle Charles. How do we bury it and move yeah. forward? Oh. That's it. Okay, that's what you're going to deal with yeah. with the message. I love that's it. it. That's that's the thing. You've got to remind everyone, including myself, of these things yeah. so that we can move forward. And Uncle Charles? That's it. Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Don't forget, find the message on Facebook and uh, eventually we'll have a website up. And, of course, I'm at walkin3worlds.com with the number three, so walk in, I-N, three worlds. Thank you, everyone, for episode two of The Message with Uncle Charles Passy. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you in the following episodes. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, 